and a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. Thank you for joining us this week. You might remember last week we left off talking about the fruits of the Holy Spirit and how we are supposed to be bearing fruit. Remember, this is the mini-series called The Dwelling Place. We are supposed to be branches dwelling in the true vine, which is Christ Jesus. Amen? And when a branch is connected to a vine, then the vine is feeding that branch with life, with sap, and in order for that branch to serve its purpose, which is to bear fruit and bear good fruit. So when we are the branch, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, and when we acknowledge him as Lord, then we are the branch connected to him, the true vine. Now he fills us with life because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And now, because we are connected to him, and when we are connected to him, we receive that life and start bearing fruit. The only thing between receiving life and bearing the fruit is our free will every day to choose whether we want to bear it and whether we want to help people, pray for people, tell people about Jesus, and do the gospel. Preach the gospel to all creation, and to do the Great Commission, which is to lay hands on the sick, to tell people about the Lord Jesus, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. For freely we have received, freely we need to be giving. Amen? So, we are supposed to be bearing an abundance of fruit, And we were beginning last week to talk about how that's done and what is that fruit. And we jumped right into Galatians chapter 5, and we went to verses 22 to 24. And this week, we're going to cover a few more verses of that chapter, so we get more context of that chapter. So Galatians chapter 5, and as usual, we're reading out of the Amplified Classic Edition. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Galatia. So these are Galatians, the people of Galatia. And this is the fifth chapter. And this is a little ways through that letter. And this is what the Apostle Paul is writing to them. Verse 13. For you, brethren, were indeed called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh and an opportunity or excuse for selfishness. But through love, you should serve one another. So let's look at this verse here. For you, brethren, were indeed called to freedom. Well, the Lord himself has chosen you. Remember, we read last week and the week before that we didn't choose the Lord. He chose us. So, for you, brethren, were indeed called to freedom. So, as a result of receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God delivered us from under the powers of darkness and placed us in the kingdom of his beloved Son, Jesus himself. So, that is freedom. It is being taken out from under the clutches of evil. We are no longer subjected to evil. We are now delivered from it, and we are no longer captive 
in Isaiah 61, which Jesus even read out himself in the synagogue. Jesus came to set the captives free, to remove the oppressed from the oppressor, you could say as well, because the oppressor is the devil, and now we are free from evil. We still may be tempted by it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The Lord is not the tempter. The Lord cannot be tempted. But those temptations we do have, we can still say no to them. They are not more powerful than our ability to say no to. So we have been called to freedom. And it says here, only do not let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh or an opportunity or excuse for selfishness. So there could be a temptation now that we know we are free to go too far and to indulge in things in our flesh, knowing full well that we believe that we're going to heaven, that we have an eternal salvation that we have received by way of Jesus and his sacrifice and receiving him as Lord and Savior and confessing him as Lord. But now in the meantime, we are going about still feeding our flesh and our desires. And so Paul is warning here, do not let your freedom run away with you. Do not let your freedom, that sense of freedom, go beyond joy and happiness into things of the flesh instead of things of the Spirit. So do not let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh and an opportunity or excuse for selfishness, but through love you should serve one another. Now, it is important to understand that we all have temptations at times and we need to say no to those things and turn the opposite way. Immediately you get tempted by something in whatever form it is. Immediately focus your heart on Jesus and the Lord will deliver you from that temptation and you continue to focus on him. You say no to the temptation. You look to Jesus And you don't look back to the temptation, no matter what kind of temptation it is. And sometimes it might be tempted to have an argument with someone. Remember, none of us except Jesus are perfect. So therefore, we all still have flaws that we are working through with the help of the Holy Spirit to the point where we are growing up into Christ, into the fullness and the stature of Christ. But we are still on that way there. Now, Peter says, be holy as he is holy. He, the Lord Jesus, is holy. We need to focus every day and pray to the Lord, seek him with our heart, and read his word so that we would be filled with things that are of the Holy Spirit rather than distractions and things of the world which are fleshly. And that could be the difference between a good day and a bad day for you and I. So, verse 14, for the whole law concerning human relationships is complied with in the one precept. So, the whole law concerning human relationships is complied with in the one precept. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. You can fully comply with the whole entire law concerning human relationships just by doing one thing. And that's, you shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. That is how powerful love is. And because God is love, you know that love is powerful. 
Verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another in partisan strife, be careful that you and your whole fellowship are not consumed by one another. Now, these believers in Galatia, they were already born again. So you could see that as you are born again, as I am born again, there is still the evil one, the devil is going about trying to devour us as a roaring lion, looking for the weak link in our traits because the devil knows what our flaws and our weaknesses are, and that's where he goes and tries to exploit that. So ask the Lord, where is my weakness, Lord? Help me make that strong so it's no longer a weakness. Help me remove that and help me overcome this weakness in my life, Lord, so that the devil will not exploit it anymore. And the quick way is whenever you are tempted by anything, you immediately look to Jesus and focus on him and trust that he has you in the palm of his hand, but know that the grace of God is sufficient for you to overcome that temptation and to not submit to it and let it take root as a sin in your heart. Some of the other ways that are critical, and they all have to do with focusing on the Holy Spirit and the things of the Lord, is to simply pray in tongues, speak in tongues often during the day, building yourself up in your most holy faith, according to Jude chapter 1 verse 20, the only chapter in Jude. Also, meditate in the word day and night, according to Psalm chapter 1 verse 2. If you are filling yourself with the word, which is your daily manner, amen. It is your it is your life source. Remember, Jesus is the Word, the Word made flesh. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Word directs you. It's the way. The Word is full of life, and the Word is the truth. And we know that the Word is full of life because Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says that the Word of God is active and alive. So it is full of life because Jesus is full of life. Jesus was and is the resurrected one, was resurrected with the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. And now we have Jesus living in us with the Father and the Holy Spirit in our temples. And we now have the creator of the universe within us full of power. And all we have to do is allow that power to flow out of us in prayer, in laying on of hands, methods of encouragement with people, helping people, looking after orphans, looking after widows, doing what Jesus would do, like what Jesus was doing on the earth. Do as he did, because as he is, so are we in this world. So we have Jesus living in us, wanting to flow through us, and we need to heed to the leading of the Spirit, even if we don't hear from the Lord, Even if you do not feel led to specifically go left or right or to a specific person or a specific location to do something, if you are just sitting there at home, you can get up and you can go out on the street and pray for someone. You do not need to be led by the Holy Spirit. We've already been led by reading the Word of God, and the Word of God has told us that we are to go about doing good. We are to go into all the world to preach the gospel to all creation. So. Ways to stay stronger, even if you're born again, we need to be praying in tongues because that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
as we see in Acts chapter 2, and it is for everyone, but you just simply have to ask for it. You have not because you ask not, the Bible says. So, Lord, I just thank you today for blessing these precious souls with your precious Holy Spirit, completely immersing them in your spirit, the baptism of your Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues according to your word, and let them walk in the power, the full power that is you, so that they can do mighty exploits upon this earth in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, today. And if you and when you begin to hear inside of you a strange language in your thoughts, in your heart, allow your lips to speak those unknown tongues. And that is God's most holy prayer language and his holy will, his divine will is being prayed through your very vocal cords. Just allow it to flow because out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. And if you receive this today, I would love to hear from you. Just go to our website at tog.world, 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 and let us know. Fill out the prayer request and say, I am speaking in tongues today. So going back to verse 14, we need to be loving our neighbor as we do ourselves. And verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another in partisan strife, be careful that you and your whole fellowship are not consumed by one another. So what I'm trying to say here in explaining this verse that was written by Paul to the church at Galatia is that even though we're born again, there is a temptation to sin and a temptation to argue and disagree and fight with other people. We can disagree with other people, but we should love one another when we do it. We should disagree in love. We should uplift people. We should encourage people. It is good to disagree when you believe that you know the truth and maybe they need to be corrected. But let's just sit down with them, open up the Bible and pray that they would have a heart to receive and pray that the Holy Spirit would clarify the complete truth in both of your hearts so that you can have a good discussion about it. And at the end of the day, you both know more. You both have come closer to the Lord in understanding his truth. And now you may even be friends or tied to friends because at least people who are open with each other, they can become stronger as friends. Verse 16, but I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. So here's a key verse. If you do not want to be entangled in sin and temptations as a born-again Christian, but I say, Paul says, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit. That means make it a habit. It should not be once a week at church. It should be every day, every hour, as soon as we wake up, all the way to as soon as we sleep, and pray that the Lord even gives you dreams and visions and all these things, that even while you dream, you're doing some warfare prayer. You are with the Holy Spirit. Even while you're sleeping, your spirit is at work as one with the Lord, one spirit with the Lord. But this verse is saying responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. So how do you know if you're being guided by the Spirit? Well, the Bible says that if we are sons of God, then we have the Holy Spirit. We are being led by the Holy Spirit. Well, if you are born again, then you are a son of God. Whether you're male or female, you are a son of God. And of course, we like to say daughter of the Most High God as well. Amen. 
But the Bible says that we are sons of God. And the Bible also says that if we are sons of God, then we are led by the Spirit. So if we are led by the Spirit, that means that sometimes we won't know that we're being led, but we're being led. It won't necessarily always be a voice in your heart that says you should turn left or right or do this or do that. You would just be guided and led by the Spirit just by the fact that you are focusing your heart on the Lord and the things of the Lord. And the more you take your analytical mind off of how it's working, So stop thinking logically about how God is using you and trust by faith that it's almost like you're on autopilot and God is directing your autopilot. Let the Lord guide you by his spirit and just trust that's what he's doing. And you will find you will be flowing in being at the right place at the right time. And you will know that God sent you there for a purpose. You will notice more that you are in communication with the Lord, in communion with the Lord. And you will know that he is instinctively part of your every minute of every hour of every day, as long as you keep your heart focused towards him. So in this verse 16, if we are walking and living habitually in the Holy Spirit, which means responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. Now, none of us want to be without God. So we do not want to be gratifying the cravings and desires of the flesh, do we? Even though we know that can be tempting, we need to focus on the Lord and make sure we steer clear of those cravings and desires of the flesh. Because that's human nature without God, and we don't want to be without the Lord. So the answer is to walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Because if we do that, if we are focused intently in our hearts on the Lord and the things of the Holy Spirit, allowing the Lord to guide us and know that he is because we are focused our hearts on him and not of the things of the flesh, then the word certainly here is very important. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. Certainly means it's assured, it's guaranteed that you will not gratify those cravings and desires of the flesh. So we have a choice every day. Are we going to serve the Holy Spirit, the things of the Spirit, the things of the Lord, be directed by Him to do deeds of righteousness, to spend time with Him in our prayer closet, that private room that's talked about in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6? Or are we going to gratify the things and the cravings and desires of the flesh? Are we not going to spend time with the Lord? Are we not going to spend time in the Word of God? Are we not going to pray? Are we not going to help another one who might be sick or in need of something? And we're going to focus our life on worldly things like distractions, like sports and Facebook and other things that can just keep us focused on the things of the world. Maybe we are obsessed with money. That's the Babylonian system. That's not the kingdom of the Lord. So which side of the fence are we focused on every day? And we have a choice. Choose this day whom you will serve, which means it's not a one-time decision who we want to serve. We have to make sure that we are choosing Jesus every 
today. Because just because we are on fire for the Lord today, and we think everything's going great, and we have this great relationship with the Lord, and then something bad happens, and contrary, and you thought, well, I thought the Lord was taking care of me. If you do not understand that the devil is still prowling around as a lion, seeking whom he may devour, if we are not in the Word of God, if we are not seeking the Lord with all of our heart, if we are not praying in tongues, we are not strong in the Lord, we're not strong in the Spirit, therefore our flesh can get the better of us and we are susceptible for more attacks of the enemy. We want to be on guard and we want to be strong in the Lord. So no matter what comes at us from the devil, it will not affect us emotionally and we will believe that no matter what, Romans 8, verse 28, that God will work all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So that no matter what happens, because we have a strength in the Lord and trust in him and faith in him, and we've been reading his word and we have that time of prayer, that private time with the Lord, then it doesn't matter how much evil comes at us because our flesh will be subdued and our spirit will be the dominant one. The problem is, is when we have distractions in our lives and our spirit is not fed with the word of God, so our spirit gets weaker and we are feeding the flesh and now flesh becomes the dominant one and the spirit becomes the subordinate one. The spirit comes underneath the flesh and where it needs to be the other way around. We need to be praying in tongues, spend time with the Lord in his word, walking continuously with the Lord during the day, focused on him. Yes, we have to carry out our tasks around the home and in our work and everything else. There are things to take care of, but know that the Lord is with you. Be focused on him and All the time we do that, we will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh, and the enemy cannot have anything over us. And even if something quote-unquote bad happens, it's just a short time, because the Lord is with you, His grace is sufficient, that you will go through this thing under the power of the Almighty God, and you will come out the other side, and it will actually turn out to be a blessing. The Lord never caused you evil, but He worked what the devil caused out for good. Verse 17, for the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit and the desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh, the godless human nature, for they are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. So you see this, what you call tug of war. You see this battle going on between your flesh and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is opposed to the flesh, and the flesh is opposed to the Holy Spirit. Because flesh is carnality, its desires and cravings and sin and temptations. Verse 18, but if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to to the law. Verse 19, now the doings, practices of the flesh are clear, obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill temper, selfishness, divisions, dissensions, party spirit, factions, sects with peculiar opinions and heresies, Envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. 
I warn you beforehand, Paul writes, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, this abundant fruit we were talking about, ladies and gentlemen, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. Amen. Verse 24, And those who belong to Christ Jesus the Messiah have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature, with its passions and appetites and desires. We will continue next week. That was verse 24. But you see the power of remaining and dwelling in the Lord Jesus, abiding as a branch into the true vine, bearing good fruit, but also for those of us who belong to Christ Jesus, verse 24, we have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature. So do not believe that now that you're born again, that you can still easily be pulled away by the devil. No, the grace of God is sufficient. We have crucified the flesh. Now we just need to continue to focus on the things of the Lord, focus on Jesus, not take our eyes off of the Lord, and live an upright life. Amen. Continue to focus on him. Stay in the word of God, and that will give you the strength and feed your spirit so that it will keep your flesh subdued. It will keep it crucified because you do not want to bring the flesh back from the dead. It was already crucified on the cross It was already buried. Amen. Your old flesh is supposed to stay dead. Do not raise it up again. Stay focused on the Lord and remain in the things of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. If you'd like us to pray for you, we would love to hear from you. Country code 1-407-705-3151. Country code 1-407-705-3151. You can also go to our website at TOG. Dot world, and as well as Facebook, Touch of God Radio. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.